This is Know It All, the ABCs of Education, a platform of Allison Brown Consulting, ABC, where we empower our listeners with insightful information about equity in education. Welcome to Know It All, the ABCs of Education. Listen in every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Eastern or at any time from your computer at blogtalkradio.com forward slash knowitall. I'm your host, Allison R. Brown of Allison Brown Consulting, ABC. I'm a civil rights attorney with a focus on equity in public education. Keep up with me on my website at allisonbrownconsulting.com and be sure to follow Know It All at blogtalkradio.com. And if you're tweeting, remember to follow me at Allison R. Brown and tweet about the show with the hashtag KnowItAllABC. Today we're talking about one of my favorite things, hip-hop music, and its role in education. I'm so thrilled to welcome to the show today my guest, Larry Locke Henderson, the founder, CEO, recording artist, and co-executive producer of Smart Music Entertainment and the creator of a new sound, which he has called Educational Hip-Hop Soul Music. His first album is Lesson One, and we'll be listening to parts of it today. You can also listen to songs and download the album at www.smart-hiphop.com. Welcome to the show, Locke. Thank you for joining me this morning. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me on your show. It's an honor to be here. And uh, how are you doing today? I'm great. I'm great. I'm really excited to have this conversation. I think people people talk about hip-hop and they talk about education in the same Fears, but not often at the same time. So I, I think that this is really important. And you know, there's a there's a quote about you in New York Magazine that says, "Most people who use hip hop to educate do so badly. <laughs> Locke does it so well." Will you tell us about you, Locke? You've been rapping since you were 10 years old. How did you find hip hop music, and why has it been important to you? Well, hip-hop was something, uh, you know, initially exposed to me just from people in my neighborhood that was freestyling and rapping. You know, that was my first exposure to hip-hop, just going outside, standing on the corner, and, um, you know, listening to people rhyme. So after that, it was listening to the radio and hearing Rakim and hearing uh, Big Daddy Kane and Public Enemy and... Queen Latifah and artists like this and, and the songs that was coming out, you know, uh, at that particular point in time really served as an inspiration for why I wanted to rap and started battling, and that that was really why I got into hip-hop. You know, I said at the beginning of the show that I love hip-hop music, and I, I do. I grew up on it. I'm 37 years old, and hip-hop has been the soundtrack the soundtrack of my entire life. You know, that is no small thing. It feels like it's a a very close cousin or family member to me. And I, I actually miss it. You know, I miss it a lot. I haven't seen it very much in a while or heard it right. very much in a while. How do you navigate that that generational divide of between old folks like me who say, you know, this new stuff isn't real hip hop and, and lament for the good old days and then the young bucks who might see it differently? <laughs> well, you know, it's, I, I listen to old hip-hop. Well, I, I won't consider it old hip-hop. You know, I, I think uh, <laughs> I'd like to consider it classic music. But, Thank um, you. You know, I listen. I still listen to Nas's first album. I still listen to Heavy D's first album. You know, I still listen to that type of music. And then occasionally there's something um, that I that I listen to, 
that I hear today, and I like it. You know, I think that for the most part, you really got to search for hip hop today because the stuff that's being played in mainstream outlets that that's not a real representation of hip hop to me. That's sort of mm-hmm. um, you know when the money got involved and the messages wanted to get twisted and things of that nature. Now, now we're getting something else. We're not getting the pure art form and all of its creativity. You know, you got to search for those artists because they're out there, but it's normally on an underground scene that you'll find something that you're looking for. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's not that I don't listen to hip hop today. I enjoy the artists of today and I think they're talented, but I know that what we're getting bombarded with, in these media outlets is not a real representation of of the culture and of the music. It's just a Mm -hmm. small snippet. Right. I think um, hip-hop has also gotten a bad name. I saw an interview recently of uh, Jay-Z, and the interviewer asked Jay-Z, why why is hip-hop music so violent? And I feel like that was probably the wrong starting point. You know, the question just assumed that hip-hop music is violent, Will you talk about that? Was that the wrong starting point? Well, starting point, I'm, you know, I don't, I can't necessarily say if it was the wrong starting point because I don't know the nature of that interview. I mean, I think in general, um, when people are questioning Jay Z, they 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 like to get into his criminal background immediately, you know, and Jay Z always flaunts, you know, I mean, the the actions of his past are. Mm-hmm. well represented in his music. So when people, you know, come at him there, you know, I guess they want to hear about that type of stuff. So on the one hand, um, if you if you go that route, then, you know, he put it out there. However, mm-hmm. I think also if, if somebody's just asking a general question, which is, which is what I think you're getting at here, and they start off with why is hip-hop so violent, it's like not seeing the forest for the trees. You know, because on the one hand, we're not listening to the stories that's being told into hip-hop, and we're not, you know, when you see a young kid rapping, it's not like, a you know, that person is coming from outer space or something like that. That's that's a representation of somebody that's coming from a particular neighborhood, and they're, they're showing you how people communicate in that in that neighborhood that they come from. So the messages that people are asking about in hip-hop, so if somebody says, you know, why is hip-hop so violent, it's really, you know, do you come from a violent community? You know, I kind of see it as that sort of question. You know, where are you coming from? And we're not asking the question, how did your neighborhood become so violent? We're just kind of starting with, well, why is the music that I'm hearing a representation of where you're from? Instead of saying, Mm -hmm. what's going on in your community? So from that aspect, no, it's not a good place to start. But, uh, you know, those are two different uh, ways of looking at things. Mm-hmm. See, you know, I work a lot with educators and uh, schools and school districts, and I've seen efforts to incorporate hip-hop music um, that have been superficial and, and um, have really just, again, made an assumption about where children are coming from. And um, hip-hop music really is, it's, it can be poetry, it is music, it, it can be social science, it can be so many things, and so it can certainly be instructive and can be an important tool in the classroom. Can you talk about why integrating hip-hop music into classrooms is important? It's important because uh, I don't think 
important or important. I don't think education is being stressed um, like it should be. You know, personally, it's you can listen to kids today and they'll say stuff like, "Why is education important? Where am I going to need this?" You know, that is a, a backwards way of, of thinking about education. And mm-hmm. hip hop is a popular influence. You know, people love hip hop music all over the world. So if it's something that can be used as a tool to either inspire or at least plant a seed of uh, in, of how important education is, then that's the point. You know, that's that's one of the main reasons um, we have smart smart hip hop entertainment. This is why we do what we do, because we know if we can at least plant a seed, it can get young people to think differently about education. If we can get young people to think differently, then hopefully that that difference of thinking will cause different behavior patterns. And, uh, you know, it's um, <laughs> it's, it's not like uh, it's going to change the whole world, but at the same time, it, it's, it's, such, it's a critical point to um, influence the way that kids think or at least try to, to make an attempt to it so that we can, you know, change, like I said, change our, change your way of thinking, change your behavior patterns and look at the world differently, understand the importance of education. And, and that, that just leads to, you know, more positive things in your life. Mm-hmm. So what is it about you and your music that really allows you to, as the quote said, use hip-hop to educate so well? I think um, my unique thing is, number one, I started rapping at an early age, you know, started battling and started, uh, you know, thinking I was LL Cool J with the Kango, and, <laughs> you know, that was me. But um, I also started reading at an early age. Even though I didn't understand everything that I was reading, I was reading. And that, you know, both of those things influenced my life a lot. So I love hip-hop music. I've been rapping for a long time. And it's something that, you know, I'm just not going to stop doing because I appreciate the artistic side of it. And reading is just a passion that I have. I always want to know more. And, you know, I just like to read and like to um, stay informed, especially when it comes to history. So those worlds just combined, and it, it made it real, I'm not going to say, you know, real easy, but it, it definitely was a comfortable fit to merge both worlds, merge this hip-hop aspect and merge this... um you know, the the things that I'm reading and the things that I'm picking up, being that I am able to transform that information into lyrics and into songs. And that's, uh, I think that's my unique situation. That's that's what causes me to do this. Just having the ability to merge those two worlds and come up with a product that I like. And then, you know, building from there and saying, okay, you know, how can we get this out to the kids? How can we use this as a tool? But it actually started with me just creating something that I, that I really dug. You know, that's that's really the, the essence of how everything started, just making a song and saying, you know, I like that. I like the, how this came out. I think, you know, we can build from here and then and then moving step, um, step by step from that point. Mm-hmm. You know, um, thinking about this show and preparing for this show, I, I had to sit and just reflect for a while about why why it was that as a child hip-hop so resonated with me and what was it that really made it, has made it such an important 
influence in my life. And I, I remember, you know, X-Clan and Public Enemy and Boogie Down Productions, and, um, and I've listened to your songs, and they, they take me back to the, those days. And, um, you know, the, the message that was one of uplift for the black community and um, one that was fun yet educational and, um, you know, powerful all at once. And I, I did learn a lot and that it really spoke to my desire to learn. And, and I think all children have that innate desire to learn and to want to receive information. Um, will you talk about that connection that you have to, to the kind of, educational hip-hop that, that we grew up with? Well, you know, the artist that you named, uh, Public Enemy, um, He the, one of the first albums I ever bought was It Takes the Nations of Millions to um, Hold Me Back. And mm-hmm. and that's, uh, you know, then you go to X-Clan, you know, which is another one of uh, my favorite groups with the Crossroads, and then, um, mm-hmm. you know, DDT with uh, You Must Learn, mm-hmm. and it came out with the Edutainment album. You know, these are mm-hmm. definitely artists that I've been listening to my whole and still listen to, still listen to BDP, still listen to, listen yeah. to Blastmaster, KRS-One, and Chuck D, and X-Clan, and, you know, I'm still listening to these to these groups. But that, you know, I think coming out of that time, you know, and, and hearing such a diverse sound from hip-hop, so you had your positive music, you had your uplift uplifting music you also had a bunch of varieties you still also had your cool g raps and mm-hmm. you know your shans you still had the same elements in hip-hop that exists today but it was such a diversity that you didn't get bombarded with the same type of sound and hearing mm-hmm. the um the educational aspect hearing the um you know, the the message and hearing how those artists were really concerned and really had their ear to what was real in the streets, not just, you know, talking about chains and superficial stuff that you may or may not have had, you know, that they was talking about <laughs> real issues. You know, that, that definitely was something that just let me know, I guess from that point, that this was even possible, you know, because I, I heard it. So, you know, you hear it, you know it's possible. And and that also made um, a smooth transition from going from just a hip-hop battling type of cat to saying, you know, this is the type of music that I want to focus on and this is the type of music that I'm going to do. So I want to listen to a clip. This one is, I think, my favorite song of all that I heard from, from Lesson One, from your album. Um, and this one is Harriet Tubman and, um, you know, Harriet Tubman is certainly one of my sheroes who so stealthily led so many black people to freedom from slavery and even forced it on those who would have turned back. So um, let's listen to a clip of Harriet Tubman. In the middle of the night, in the winter and the cold, I was navigating on the Underground Railroad. Nah, it ain't a literal train, it's a form of resistance. This was the railroad theme, so a station's a safe house where the runaways go. And the runaway slaves are considered cargo. The person who hit them considered a station master. And the stockholder's the one who will put the cash up. Me, I'm the conductor. I transported the cargo. Routes that I took remain secret. I took an oath, boss of my train. You get on, there is no rebelling. Grown man said he turning back, and I had to tell him. 
Fam, why you had me bring the metal out? Cock it back, point it at your head and bring the devil out. It's no going back. Besides, you gon' snitch and I'll kill you where you stand before you sing behind the whip. Running from slave catchers, a bounty on my head. Until my whole fam free, I don't really care. Had a 10 year span with 19 and so trips. I done free so many slaves, they calling me Moses. During the Civil War, because of my skills, I became the first woman to lead an armed assault. I am Harriet Tubman, you need to fall back or conduct. I never ran my train off the track You thinking about coming after me Better bring your faculty 20 miles away before you even know what's happening Cargo on my train and it's something like traffic I'm happy as the conductor I ain't never lost a passenger So I love this um, And I love it because it it does inform It talks about the, the Underground Railroad it, But it also talks about Harriet Tubman And, and you know, she wasn't the um, I think the the figure that we all think of is kind of gently nudging people to slavery, but she was forceful when she had to be. Will Definitely. you talk about what it was about Harriet that made you want to write a song just about her? Okay. Uh, well, first let me start off by saying this is uh, Harriet, um, the conductor. This is actually from Lesson 2 off the new album. Mm. And the, uh, the two songs, the other two songs that you have are off Lesson 1. And, okay. Uh, Lesson one, um, that's available as well. People can go to Amazon, iTunes, buy all that types of good stuff. And then lesson two, you can just download for free. Because one of the things that I found out was the kids that I want to really get this music, they're not buying educational music, but they will mm-hmm. listen to free. So uh, lesson two is going to be strictly for um, for the kids to go and download and just be able to have it. And then we'll we'll get back to business on lesson three, but I really need to hear lesson two. Okay, but Harriet Tubman, um, yeah, it's it's uh, you know she's one of my favorite all-time heroes, and I I don't think people realize that it wasn't just grabbing people in the middle of the night and running through some woods. You know, there was a lot of organization involved. There was a lot of meetings that had to be held. There was a lot of structure to that to that form of uh, resistance to slavery. You know, and, mm-hmm. and I wasn't even able to get into everything that you can about Harriet Tubman, but, you know, as far as her learning astronomy so that she could travel through the Underground Railroad, meeting with William Still, the, the grandfather of um, the Underground Railroad, and, and mm-hmm. learning the paths and, and learning the codes and, and then just being able to um, uh, memorize those trade routes, I mean trade routes, to memorize those escape routes, and then to keep everybody quiet and the techniques that she had, she had to use to keep the babies quiet. And, you know, there was, there was such, there was, it was a lot more to this lady than just grabbing some slaves and, and you know what I mean, bouncing. You know, and, yeah. and um, the song just, you know, we, we tell a small part of her story. Mhm. Mhm. Um, what has been the reaction? Have you have you talked to students and educators who've heard Harriet the conductor and and have talked about it in the classroom? Well, not Harriet the conductor. Um, only because you know this is uh, lesson two. Um, we're releasing mm-hmm. it now, single by single. So this this is um it's just one of our newest songs, and um you know we're really out promoting it now. But I, you know, I have talked to educators and guidance counselors and principals and students and parents, you know, about lesson one and and what the music does and and how receptive the kids are to the to the music. It's always been 
a great and positive experience after everybody listens to the music. <laughs> you know, the hardest part is getting people to pay attention and to not think that this is like a nursery rhyme or, you know, somebody that's just forcing uh, education in hip-hop and just to make a point to have an educational album without caring about the sound. You know, this is not that either. So once once we get past the barriers and people can just listen to the music, it always ends up being a positive experience. Mm-hmm. And, you know, let me just say that it is certainly, it is authentic hip-hop. I mean, it is, it is um, I've, I have really enjoyed it, and I look forward to to downloading the both, you know, Lesson 1 and Lesson 2 and, and listening to it in my car. And, um, you know, it's safe. I can listen to it with my children, but it's more than just safe. It's actually going to instill in them, um, you know, values that, that as a family we've been um, very careful to adopt. And, and um, it really reinforces the messages that we've, we've been trying to carry out and carry through in our daily work. So, um, you know, I, I will certainly attest to the fact that, that this is, it is a phenomenal, um, it is phenomenal music. And so, you know, I really appreciate what you've done with it. I want to remind the audience that we are talking with Larry Locke Henderson. He's the founder and CEO of Smart Music Entertainment. You can find more information at www.smart-hiphop.com. I want to play another clip. This one is uh, Congresswomen, and this one is from Lesson One. Is that correct? Yes, yes, it is. Okay, let's listen. I feel Black women in Congress stand up. Black women in the Senate, we salute. All women in politics stand up. Without y'all, there could be no us, and we salute. It's dedicated to the women, man. The first black woman in Congress, Shirley Chisholm, man. Unbought, unbought, that's how she got it in. One nine seven two, she even ran for president. The ninety first Congress in sixty nine. New York's twelfth district, ahead of a time, ahead of a line. What next? Less acknowledge Barbara Shaw and out a few sticks. Texas is just courage with the power that describes the soul. I'm so elected to the House of Representatives in seventy two. Yvonne Burke was elected in that same year, and before that. She has served as the vice chair uh, of the Democratic National Convention. Yeah. I can't forget to mention a Chicago politician. But uh, college here served 23, the most powerful black woman in Congress history. I, I feel you get my sisters. Black women in Congress stand up. Black women in the Senate, we salute. So, Locke, what does it mean to you to uplift women in this way through hip-hop music? Well, it means a lot. Number one, I have three daughters. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the, the message to women is very important. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's, it's really about educating the whole community. You know, it's definitely, there's a balance you know, between uh, presenting information about our brothers and also uh, pre- pre- presenting information about our sisters. So, it's, mm-hmm. you know, for me it's more, when I did that song, I had in mind just educating, you know, the community as a whole. 
but being that it's about women and it's a very positive song that you know that aspect of it definitely gets highlighted but for me you know when i think about it i just think about the upliftment of the whole community and my whole thing is mm-hmm. you know this is information that everybody needs to know you know, mm-hmm. you need to know about Shirley Chisholm, you know what I mean, and her yes. running for president and, you know, the information of uh, uh, Eleanor Holmes Noah and then, you know, just the different women that I talk about. This is this is something that we all need to know as a community. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I can just imagine as you as I'm, you know, listening to the song and, and hearing you talk about, you know, the Democratic National Convention and and, you know, students have at their fingertips their smartphones and they can jump on and, and do research right then and there as you're introducing these concepts to them. And that, you know, that, that is really compelling. Is that what you had in mind? Is that part of your vision? Definitely, definitely. You know, the, um, the inspiring or planting a seed of, number one, that education is important, and then, number two, to saying, you know, listen to the information and, number one, go verify it because that's, that's, a, that's a crucial thing in educating yourself. You can't just listen to somebody. You need to do the research. So just planting those seeds of, of how important education is and also giving the actual information out, you know, those are the focal points of smart music entertainment, most definitely. Mm-hmm. I'm going to listen to one last clip, and this one is also from Lesson 1. Um, this one is called Kings and Queens, which really needs no introduction other than that. Let's listen. We don't come from slaves, but from enslaved Africans. People use words to confuse the how it's trapped again. Our lineage is deep within the challenge. Our family tree consists of people that had influenced the planet, bro. We managed to lose sense of stuff we don't identify with the heritage like African-American is not African. But listen to me, I'ma have you black again. Pumping up your fist and using pics to fix your naps again. I like to give respect to M. Hotel. Considered by the world to be the first architect. The high priest of the sun god Ra at Heliopolis. He built the seven pyramids in Egypt and they still exist. Poet and philosopher, a recognized genius. He diagnosed with 200 different diseases. They say Hippocrates is the father of medicine. But M. Hotel lived 2,000 years ahead of him. King Soundwall's red, second ruler of Kimmich. He was said to have conquered Greece by Herodotus, the first ruler to believe in one God was Ahmed Hotel, the fourth later known as Akinati. to me um, and it, it is a black history lesson all in one song and um, you know I, I'm wondering how do you think learning black history really helps black children and all children to succeed in school and beyond well as far as black children you know we've been so disconnected from our history and one of the um, the reasons that I did that song I was at Rutgers I had a professor his name was uh, Ivan Van Sertima and he used to say mm-hmm that we are the descendants of enslaved, or he used to say, you all, you all, my friends, are the descendants <laughs> of enslaved Africans and not slaves. And he was mm-hmm. like, so what is the history of the people that were enslaved? You know, that's the part that we don't 
connect to. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, so to, to know that it establishes a sense of racial pride. It establishes a, a sense of, you know, there, there's more dignity, there's more racial pride, there's more connection because you, you, you kind of know something positive about the people that you come from instead of just saying, oh, they were slaves. You know, so mm-hmm. to know our history gives us a different perspective of the world. It gives us a different view about ourselves. It gives us a different racial identity and a certain sense of racial pride. And so, you know, it you don't just want to go out and kill your brother. You know, what I mean, if you're looking at him as a as a, as a family member or, or as looking at or looking at that person as if he's a member of your own culture. You know, we mm-hmm. don't. You know, we've gotten away from that. You know what I mean? Black people don't yeah. really want to stay there from Africa anymore. It's like, nah, I'm American, and that's it. You know, we don't we don't understand yeah. that it's not slaves. We were enslaved. So, uh, you know, that that's what I think that these songs mean to, to black people, you know, specifically. Our own education about who we are and where we come from. And, you know, even just tinkering with the terminology just slightly, shifts a whole mindset, you know, so from slavery to enslaved, um, it shifts the entire mindset, and I think that's so important. I I recently saw that movie (laughs) um, that everybody's talking about, the 12 Years a Slave movie, and it was, you know, it was something, and it it was really impactful, and I I haven't been able to to shake it for um, the week since I I saw it, but... um, Part of why I think it was important was that it, it followed one man, but symbolically uh, it really told his story before he was enslaved um, and, and, you know, showed his power before he, he was enslaved. And that, I think, is symbolic for, um, for black people in this country that we do have, again, you know, back to starting point, we do have a starting point that is so far before slavery and that... that small part of history, that, that small um, short period in history in, in, you know, relatively speaking, has defined our existence in, in this country, and that is um, important. We certainly want to acknowledge all that we endured and, and celebrate the fact that we are still here and that we are still in many ways thriving despite all that we've been through and all that we've seen. And it's important to know that that is because of where we came from before. Um, before slavery, and that there was a beginning before slavery. And so I really appreciate this song, Kings and Queens, because you're telling that that beginning, um, which is, is so crucial. Um, you know, I, I talk to a number of educators, and a lot of what I hear, especially from older black veteran teachers, um, is, is, you know, pointing fingers at children who, you know, when, when children don't know their history, these kids don't know their history, but then the question is, you know, how are they being exposed? You know, how how do you think like it's important, and why do you think it's important to um, make sure that the classroom environment actually delivers these lessons of of Imhotep and others? Well, first and foremost, because it's it's real information. It's the truth. You know, it's like we're not living in a in a real, uh, you know world because the information that we are presented with is not always entirely accurate. Yeah, you know, I mean, let me just say it's not accurate. You know, I mean, you can't say, um, you know, like I said in, in the song Kings and Queens, we're taught that Hippocrates is the father of medicine. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But hypocrisy to tell you that he learned from Imhotep to live, you know, 2,000 years before him. He, he took his notes. So to not have that accuracy doesn't benefit anybody. You know what I mean? Why would you want to not present the truth or not present the reality of what happened so that everybody can have a, a better understanding of our human family as a whole? So, you know, mm-hmm. the, the information is crucial from that aspect just because we all need to know the truth, not a perspective, you know, not nothing slanted. We just need to know what happened. And then for us, you know, it's um, it's just vital that that we get this information because not only do we not know it, you know, we don't even respect knowing about it, you know, because mm-hmm. we don't think that there's anything to it. So it's it's like not only do I I not want to hear about it, I don't even think there's anything positive to hear about. So you know that that we have to change that whole mind frame, just so that you know we can understand that there was so much more to us than than we know about. Mhm. You know that that makes me think of the um, the Cosby Show, <laughs> and there was an episode where Vanessa brought her fiancé home to meet her parents, and she'd never introduced him to them before. And so, you know, they were they were somewhat, they were a little rude to him because, you know, this was their first time meeting him. And um, so Vanessa tried to point at them and say, you know what, you're, you're, you're being elitist and you are, you know, you're such snobs and you're treating him wrong because he's a janitor. And, um, and Cliff right, said right, to right. her, do you remember this episode? And he he said, you know, imagine you've got this feast. You've got the steak and you've got the potatoes and the, the greens, and then somebody slaps it on the top of it, takes a trash can lid off the trash and slaps the food on that trash can lid. You don't want to eat it, you know. And so I, I feel like that's how our history has been presented in schools, you know. It's, a, it's reduced to a paragraph. It is superficial. It is not... Um, well integrated in the curriculum. So it's presented on this trash can lid, even though it's this rich and wonderful thing. Um, And so naturally people will say, I don't want that. No, thank you. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, we've been bombarded with negative images about black people since we've gotten here. You know, from movies, from commercials, from, you know, every time we, we turn on the television we can see, you know, the uh, poorest of, of uh, Africans with, you know, the flies and, and the malnutrition, and that's all we see. You know, we don't see the cities. We don't see the malls. We don't see the, the industry. We don't, you know, the only time you really see Africa and and know that there's something else there is when there's, like, a crime. Like, mm-hmm. a couple mo- weeks ago and, or months ago when there was a, a mall shooting. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So they in, mm-hmm. in Kenya, Africa, showing this gigantic mall, and there's people that was like, "There's malls there." <laughs> you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that—that's—that's that's the extent. Or I was watching something. You know, it might have been a year ago, and it was like, "Yeah, this—this this crime was at this internet cafe in Zimbabwe." And you're like, "There's internet cafes there." You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> because all uh, yeah. the only thing I see is the the the, the malnutrition kids with the flies. So mm-hmm. you know, there's um. There's been a an effort, you know, what I mean, an academic effort to really suppress the information about um, where black people come from in particular, and you know that definitely had to do with uh, the con- with the conditioning and you know slavery and 
what people wanted us to know and not know because of uh, the position that I say the uh, the elites or the people with lots of money, you know, when they want to control something. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to get too far off into it, but you know, those people with money are like, listen, take all that education out of those out of the black community before they actually learn something about themselves and start moving differently. Mm-hmm. You know I mean, that's that's what I think. You know, it, it boils down to, but. We have to take it upon ourselves to um, teach ourselves. We can't just rely on, you know, learning something from um, from other cultures about ourselves. Right, and you know, I've I've traveled a couple of times to Africa, um, and it's it's interesting that 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 um, the information hold up, if you will, or the barrier to information goes both ways, you know, and so um, traveling to Ghana and Kenya, the, the, the images that are exported of black people in this country um, are, are not very flattering either, <laughs> and so, um, you know, they're, they're, it, that is certainly a two-way street, and just, you know, imagine um, the power of the diaspora coming together. Um, just to learn about one another and, and how how that would be really honoring where we came from as a people. Yeah, you know, um, if... Oh, I'm sorry. No, 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 go ahead. I was going to say it, it would be great, you know, once we recognize that we're all part of the same family. You know, we're, we're, mm-hmm. we're like Africans 400 years removed, but we're still Africans. And, you right. know, I think what you're saying is right. As soon as the Africans from... from uh, as soon as our brothers get here... They're like, listen, don't mess with those African-Americans. You know what yeah. I mean? I think they're showing tapes in the immigration room and, you know, it's, it's all rap videos. <laughs> but mm-hmm. it's, it's a shame. You know, they, they do separate us and make us scared of one another, which has always been a strategy, always. Yeah. And even since the Portuguese was invading, it's always been a strategy to, uh, to divide uh, us amongst each other. Mm-hmm. So what's next for you, Locke? What what is after? What's the next thing for you? Well, we're right in the middle of um in the beginning of promoting Lesson Two. You know, like I said, mm-hmm. Lesson One is an album. You can go to iTunes, Amazon, go to the website and and purchase the album. And Lesson Two, since since we're going to um, let everybody have it for free, we're releasing every single off the album separately, just just to give people you know, a chance to hear it and, you know, give each single uh, some type of recognition so that it'll make kids more, um, it, it, it'll make it kind of like, you know, just bringing more attention to the song for the kids. You know, mm-hmm. if I release every single on its own, I give that single a time to go somewhere. And, I, you know, it's giving kids kids uh, something more to do than just come and look at the website and say, ah, let me pick a song. I might like this one. I, I might not like that one. If you can just hear it on its own, then when we release the whole album, you can uh, just download the whole thing. So we're going to um, just promote, just do shows, just really get Lesson 2 kicked off, and, um, you know, then get back to work with Lesson 3. But right now, it's definitely getting all of the singers out. We put out the intro. We put out um, Harriet, um, Harriet the Conductor. Next, we're going to have uh, Knowledge is Key. And then after that, we're going to have a song about the solar system. Those are the next two singles that we're going to, that we've decided to release. But right now, you know, it's all about the uh, Harriet the Conductor song. 
Mm-hmm. Which is my favorite. <laughs> this has been Ooh, such a wonderful conversation. Larry Locke Henderson is the founder and CEO of Smart Music Entertainment and the creator of educational hip-hop soul music. You can purchase his first album, Lesson One, at www.smart-hiphop.com, and you can also download songs from Lesson Two there. Thank you so much for joining me this morning, Locke. I appreciate being on your show, definitely. Thanks for having me. Audience, you are now officially certified know-it-alls about hip-hop and education. Remember to follow Know-It-All, the ABCs of Education on Blog Talk Radio. Follow me at Allison R. Brown on Twitter. Find ABC on Facebook and read my blog at allisonbrownconsulting.com. A quick note that we will be celebrating our one-year show anniversary next week, Tuesday, November 26th, and we are bridging the racial divide to talk about poverty. So thank you for listening. Have a wonderful week.